Welcome to the Grit to Greatness podcast. Thanks for tuning in and making your choice to win. This is the show where we not only motivate and inspire, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to greatness. And now, here's your host, Chuck Farmer. Welcome, Grit to Greatness listeners. I hope everybody's doing great out there. And as we speak, it's the Thanksgiving holidays, the day before Thanksgiving. When we record this, 2023, and it's the day when the traffic is horrendous, both at the airports and on the roads. So I hope everybody's being safe out there and or have made it back when you listen to this podcast. Um, but it's a great time. We really enjoy Thanksgiving around here. But this is a part of the journey, and I'm very excited to have a new guest with us. I'm hoping maybe she'll be on with us a few times in the future. Uh, it's Morgan Gallagher, and I really appreciate her being on, being on today. Welcome, Morgan. Thanks so much, Chuck. It's an absolute honor. Um, now, you're out there in beautiful Colorado, correct? Yes. Now I am in Denver, so uh, just loving it. It's actually 65 here today, so absolutely oh. loving Denver, Colorado today on this Thanksgiving week. Oh, that's awesome, because Denver's one of those places I hear about all the time where, oh, they got 12 inches of snow and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely different than my time in Houston, uh, but I, I I do love it here in Denver. It's it's a ton of fun. How long did it take you to get used to the elevation I hear about all the time when I watch sporting events in Denver? I just thought I was extremely out of shape for about a month and a half. So. <laughs> You're thinking, wow, what's happened to me? And then after yeah. a while, you kind of get used to it. Yeah, wow. definitely. Definitely. Now a year here. So uh, needless to say, I should be good by now. Wow. Well, yeah. uh, Morgan and I know each other from our sales business, and uh, she's a superstar in the industry and really got a chance to get to know her a little bit and definitely wanted to have her on because she's got some tremendous stories. So today we're going to talk a little bit about your true potential. So I want you to think about as you start listening to this and listen to Morgan's story, what is your true potential? And as we look ahead to the new year coming up soon, this is a great story that you're going to learn about and hopefully use to, to set some new goals and some new challenges for yourself in the new year. So start with the fact that you've gone to college up there in Iowa and you're wanting to play soccer. Yeah. So uh, I actually in high school tore everything in my knee and so didn't really have a whole lot of opportunity to get looked at um, at the time in rehab, but eventually ended up uh, having the chance to become a walk-on at the University of Northern Iowa and played all four years there but my freshman year was not necessarily what I expected it to be and we were playing a lot of uh, non-conference games and at the at that time basically everybody plays but then we started to get into conference games mid-season and I'll never forget and this is really a point in which um my life changed. I, I reference back to this moment so many times now in my life, and I'm so grateful for it. And some of you listening to this may have been in a similar position um, that that I'm talking about in this story. But my coach approached me at the end of practice and and said, "Morgan, we're heading into conference games. Thirty people can dress, and you're number thirty-one." Wow. And that's when so much of everything leading up to it, I thought of everything I didn't do. Everything that I thought I didn't need to do 
uh, to uncover my true potential. A quote now that I've heard and, and continues to resonate with me is, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I didn't realize just how much I was skating by on talent and what more could I do if I gave it everything I could. And that that really changed what my soccer career then looked like for the next three years. Wow. So I wanna, I wanna stop you right there. Yep. This is too good. I love this quote. You just said that you thought of everything that you did not do. Mm -hmm. Expand on that a little bit. Yeah. So all my soccer career, I was reluctant to do headers. This is going to be a super embarrassing story, but I'm completely <laughs> candid. I used to do headers all the time and the ball would hit me in the face. It was the most embarrassing thing ever. Sometimes I would get a bloody nose and so I was reluctant to ever do it unless forced to do it or a ball was literally coming at my face. But as a defender, that's such a key part of the role. And I thought that I could get around not having to do something that is a part of the job. And so I never worked on it. In addition to a lot of the technical aspects of the game, because I could get away with with uh, still playing based on speed, based on um, just overall effort and grit throughout the game. But then I, I realized in that moment when my coach was telling me I was number 31, that I was um, shying away from some of the key aspects of the role. And I was no, I had reached my ceiling at that point because I was reluctant to do a lot of the things that my peers were phenomenal at and they were playing over me because I didn't do those very things. All right, everybody. I want you to really think about what she just talked about. What are the things that we do not do? I think as we go through life, as we end our lives, that's what we remember are the things we did not do. And so I want you to think about not just in her example, maybe it's sports or physically, and that might be one of the things you think about. What are some of the things you're not doing to get into better condition physically that you should do? As you look back on 2023, what are the things you did not do? And you don't want to be able to say that anymore. As you look back on relationships, what are, who are the people you did not call? What are the letters you did not write? What are the things you did not do to improve relationships because you were nervous or scared or mad in your business? What are the things you are not doing that you already know you should do? It's not a matter of having been told what to do. You know you should do them, but what are the things you are not doing? Like headers, what are your headers? You know you should do better, but you're getting away with it. You hear her say that? She got away with it because she was good at other things. We're all bad about that in certain areas of our life. We can get away with not being good in some areas because we're better in some areas. This is awesome to think about as we go into a new year. As you look at your career, your life right now, what are the things you look back on right now that you did not do? And you don't want to look at it again five and 10 years from now and say you still did not do them. And what are the areas where you're getting it along because you're good at some things, but you're not improving in other areas, which is hindering your performance, relationships, spiritually, business, physically. This is great stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Morgan. 
All right. Absolutely. So, so you've kind of gotten to a point where you're trying to get away with not doing some things because you're really good at others. Now, all of a sudden you're told you're number 31. And I love mm-hmm. that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to start stealing that. Don't be number 31. Yep. So kind of go from there again and tell me what changes. Yeah. Well, I realized then at that point that I had to catch up. I had to catch up on everything that everyone else had been doing their entire career day in and day out. And, and did I have enough time to make up for all the days that I missed? Well, I just knew that at at some point it was, I had to start. It, It was either I start or I give it up altogether because I, uh, whenever I was approaching doing anything after that point or after that conversation, I was saying to myself, if I don't do this, you will continue to be number 31. And I didn't want to just get to a point where I was number 30 or I was number 29. I wanted to be an influential player. I wanted to uncover what my, my best was. And so uh, I, I asked my coach at the end of this, the, my freshman season, I said, what's it going to take for me to play? And he said, well, if, if you lack in these areas that you're continuing to work on like headers and, and, and different technical aspects of the business or of the, of the game, you have to be the best. You can't be second best. You can't be 10th best. You have to be the best and the most in shape. And that was the the thing that I focused on. Um, I had to find one area that I was going to be the best that I owned. And that was getting in shape that next summer. And then it eventually got me into uh, not necessarily a starting position, but it got me a scholarship. And I was a traveling player, which was a step in the, in the right direction. And then... After that, uh, eventually my junior and senior year, I had the chance to be a captain. And that was by far one of the best uh, accomplishments that I've ever had. And I'm so grateful for my freshman year because without that conversation, I would have continued to um, be average instead of finding out what I could truly do. And then fast forward to now. I still reference that that conversation every single day when I'm approaching the hard or the uncomfortable. It's realizing that if I don't push through this, you're going to continue to stand in this land of complacency. And that's now my greatest fear. And I'll, I'll now look for opportunities to put myself in uncomfortable situations and Austin Peterson, who's been on your podcast before, he is my mentor. He's my coach um, every single week. And sometimes I tell him I'm uncomfortable and it's good because I know that's when I'm truly growing and I'm getting to the point where I can find out how can I be the best that I can to impact others to be the best that they can be. And most of the time it's just because I have debriefed every single day on the mistakes I've made. What can I learn from them? What did I said, do, or how did I feel? And then how can I be better tomorrow? And that's as, as silly as it sounds, that's a conversation I have my, with myself in the mirror at the end of every single day where I also finish 
and asking, did I give my best today? Give it, did I give it everything I had today? If so, be proud. And how can I be better tomorrow? Okay, you're going to have to slow down a little bit. I'm trying to keep up and take notes of all these nuggets you're sharing. Um, and I've just got thousands of little notes. This is awesome. So I, I want to back up a little bit. I love this part. It, you would say that being told your freshman year that you were number 31, that in essence you had in a way failed, actually ended up charging you to become better. And you are better now because of that. You needed that failure. You needed that reminder. Because I think what happens is all too often, we talked earlier about how we skid along sometimes. I think a lot of people don't get to the point to where they have that person tell them you're number 31. And so they continue to skid along and be mediocre or average or good. And as we know, good is the enemy of great. And so sometimes we need to be shaken and reminded you're number 31. Is that say, would you agree with that? That was a major part of making you who you are today. Absolutely. And now it has, it's changed things for me. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's, it's easy for me when I experience failure or frustration or mistakes, but I also know that the most successful people are the ones that have made the most mistakes. They are the ones that have failed more than anybody else. So now every time I do fail, every time I do make a mistake, <clears throat> I have a notes list on my phone of quotes, of questions, and also of times that I've failed. So reference back to those in looking at what did I learn from those? And then also, how did I get better? And it's, it's how many times do you fail? And how many times do you continue to you know, they say, get back up, but how are you getting back up? So in a way that you've learned from your mistake <clears throat> and you're also getting better every single time. So yes, I, I reference that every day, every single day. I, I think about how I'm, I'm number 31. And then the, one of the most frustrating things for me is I ran out of eligibility. I ran out of a runway in my soccer career because I was a senior. And at the time where I was finished my last game as a senior, I feel like I was at the point where I was just starting to figure out what I could do. And then I was, I was told I was done. And now to be in a position with AFLAC where I don't run out of eligibility I have the chance each and every day to uncover how 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 can I be the best version of myself? I don't waste a day. I don't waste an opportunity because I've seen where the runway just gets cut off when it came to soccer. And I had regret looking back on my soccer career because it was finished and there was nothing I could do about it. But there's something I can do about it now in this career. Wow. So would you say that when that happened and your soccer career was over, did you feel like you'd lost some of your identity? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was who I was to my core. And even though I was a student athlete for anybody else who's been a student athlete, or even just you have a hyphen between two different versions of your identity, 
I was more so an athlete than a student. And I got done with my career. We all get the dreaded question of what do you want to do next with your life? And I had no idea, no idea, because it defined me to my core of um, who I was and who I thought I could be. And I, I wasn't uncovering other facets of my life. And so that transition after soccer was, was really difficult for me. Wow. You know, I'd like people to think about that too, in the sense of what do you really consider your identity? And I think oftentimes we are too entrenched in that identity. For example, like with you, you know, your identity ended, you know, it was always obviously going to end. And so Mm -hmm. you've got to have something else. And so it is one thing I believe to be proud of something you're great at, to be part of something you're a part of and to work hard to be great at it. But on the other hand, we need to make sure that we don't just give ourselves to one part of our life and realize that doesn't define us. Even when you were a college athlete, that didn't define you. Mm -hmm. You felt like maybe it did to some degree, but it really didn't. But now, you know, you're able to take that and grow it. But even now you're more than just athlete. You're so much more than that. And so I think people need to realize that in their lives is that, you know, don't put too much emphasis in that one thing. Take pride in it. Be great at it. But realize there's so much more to you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally would. And that's actually some, that's another mistake that I've made. Uh, I, I I was approaching burnout very quickly in my athletic career because I went from the identity of being a, a soccer player to the identity of being an athletic agent and getting paid based on how hard I worked that I saw the relationships with my friends and my family falter or get put to the back, pushed to the back burner. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until, um, unfortunately my dad had, uh, a seizure, a seizure and a brain tumor to really put things in perspective for me that I can't just be the best Aflac representative or the best Aflac district manager, the best market trainer, then I need to be the best daughter. I need to be the best sister. I need to be the best friend that I can be. And why do the people that are outside of my work life deserve a second tiered version of the best part of me? And so that really changed a lot of things when that happens. And I'm again, another thing that I'm, I'm grateful. And luckily my dad's, my dad's fine, but I, I'm, I'm grateful for that happening because it kind of pulled me out of the whirlwind that I was in, in allowing Aflac to define me as a person instead of a part of me. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, you're just throwing nuggets out right and left today. This is awesome. I tell you. And so I, I want people to really listen to that in the sense of, you know, where are you and your entire person, business, relationships, physically, spiritually, you know, when you look back on your life, what will be those things that you're going to say, man, I didn't do those things and I wish I had. What are those areas where you say, man, I skipped by because I was good, but I wish I'd been great. What are those areas where maybe right now you need to spend more time on? Maybe you spend too much time in one area trying to be great. Um, And I think that it's important that we realize like uh, Tim, I think Tim Grover writes great books. He's a great uh, motivational coach and all that. And he worked with Kobe and Michael Jordan as examples. And the one thing I don't like about his writings and what he talks about is 
it almost takes you too far. You know, it's one thing to talk about being great and stepping out and doing those extra things. It's another thing to where that totally envelops your life. And you don't have time for family. You don't have time for friends. You don't have time for God. And I think it's important that we are truly great in all areas of your life. And that's what this journey is about. Definitely is. So as we kind of finish this one up, because I've got 8,000 notes to take here, kind of tell us a little bit about where you are now in your journey in the sense of kind of what are your thoughts on a day in day basis of, you know, hey, I've done this or I'm doing this, but I want to get better. Kind of what are your, you talked about, you have these notes on your phone, which I love. I do that too. But kind of yep. where are you right now in your journey? Yeah, I, gosh, I am, I'm currently doing 75 hard for the second time. For the second and time. For the it, second time. It wasn't yep. hard enough for her the first time. She thought she'd do 75 harder. Well, I look back at that and it kind of just allowed me to take my, my life to a whole nother level with the mental clarity. It allowed me to, for the first time in my life, show up at work and show up on the home front in the same manner and, and with the best version of myself. So because so many of the great aspects of what I now have a part of my day-to-day um, happened when I did 75 hard, that's why I also wanted to do it again because I found myself um, in the midst of the fog a little bit and wanting a little bit more of mental clarity. Um, but I, I feel as if, I'm in the best place that I have been in, in quite some time. I'm much more present. I tell myself every single day, if you ever are in a conversation or you're on your phone or you're in the midst of just your, your, uh, I heard this the other day, your flashlight is shining inward instead of, uh, outward on, on the moment that you're in. Um, then having a reminder, I will literally tell myself to be present. And, um, one of the messages that I will say, um, it's been a message that I've shared in, in the past within my market in being present. I was reminded of that when I was playing cards with my grandma over Christmas and I don't know what came over me. Um, uh, I am spiritual, but I, it, something told me, Hey, you need to put your phone down. You need to be fully, fully present, um, for cards and for, uh, as my grandma calls it fellowship, which I just love and, um, be fully present for that. And it wasn't a month after that, that unfortunately, um, my grandma had a seizure and she's, she has been unable to really know who I am since then in the past couple of years. But, um, to be fully present, to be fully immersed and uh, grateful. I have a, a tremendous amount of gratitude. Um, similar to Austin, I start my day with that every day because uh, it's. I'm in a really great place and I, I love Denver. I love my job and I'm also near friends and, and family. And um, so just working to get a little bit better every single day. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. We actually already have planned a second podcast of Morgan. She's got a second story, which is too good just to lump into this one. So she'll be back soon. Really appreciate this. I hope everyone who really uh, has opportunity to listen to this and maybe listen to it again, uh, to think about what are those things that you haven't been doing that you need to do? 
You need to be present. What are the areas you need to improve in? And how can you do that? What changes can you make? And to see the transition from being number 31 to being captain of the team. That's pretty cool. Thank you so much, Morgan. Thank you, Chuck. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a great time out there. I hope you've learned a lot. I hope we've helped you on your journey to greatness. And as Psalm tells us, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Until next time, Grit to Greatness listeners. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit to Greatness. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get great updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We sure do appreciate it. Signing off from the Grit to Great podcast studio. We'll talk to you next time.